2: Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. It is Mailbag Monday. Thanks for being with us. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabassi. Smash that like button for us on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube page as well. Podcast listeners, follow or subscribe on your preferred app, and take thirty seconds to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We have a ton of questions to get to, but we should probably start with the news of the weekend, which I'm sure you've heard by now. Uh, philip kurashev's arbitration hearing was completed and the arbitrator decided on a two-year contract uh, of a 2.25 million dollar salary cap hit and fellas we've all seen a lot of people reacting to that number um if you've not been with us most shows we want to remind you to not really worry about cap hits until 2024 25 2025 26 not yet and, um, yeah, it's just right now it's kind of a non-issue, so there's really nothing to get worked up about.
1: And with Khrushchev, it was kind of like, you know, what the Blackhawks went into arbitration process with, with their number, and Khrushchev went in with his number, and I think it was 1.4 from the team and 2.6 from Khrushchev. And when I saw that information, I was like, either of those numbers is totally fine. You could justify him making $1.5 million you could justify making two and a half. So two, two years, $2.25 million for a guy who's young. Um, I know it's a two-year contract, but really this season kind of feels like figure it out, Phil. And uh, we'll see where it goes from there. And, and, and yeah, it's, it, you're, the Blackhawks are not in a position where $2.25 million is breaking the bank uh, or is going to break their salary cap or anything like that. They have nothing but money to spend, and it's, it's totally fine. Totally fine for Kurosev.
0: Yeah, I know some fans are, are just programmed to worry about every dollar of every salary. And yeah. for a long while there, we had to be of that mindset. This is not 2013. It's 2023. What is really the difference between $200,000, $300,000? Nothing. Nothing at all. It doesn't affect any long-term plans. This is not going to change the signing of any kind of free agent ever like this. Right. It is what it is. We all sat here and said, Hey, Khrushchev, I don't know between 1.9, 2.2 2 million for the next two years. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. And, and his people, you know, <clears throat> I think Khrushchev is, is an, is a nice little player that has not hit his potential yet. We've seen flashes of it. Just, you could say this about every player in your league, but specifically for a guy like Khrushchev, who doesn't really drive his own play very much? Mm-hmm. He's going to benefit from more talent on this roster. Right. He's going to put up better numbers playing in this top six than he did in the top six last year, or the year before, or the, exactly. You know, he's got he's got some t- defensive responsibilities. He's he's one of their better defensive forwards, and he's got a little bit of offense. We see the flash. We yeah. see the playmaking ability. He can. Last year he kinda things slowed down from a bit, like where he was able to take that extra beat on the ice to wait for that passing lane in the open or take the shot a second later. Where he wasn't rushing through things. I say put him out there with with Taylor Hall and Connor Bedard. See what you got. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there,
1: there's no reason not to to try that pairing. We've talked about it uh, you know, this this whole off season. Like this is the year to kind of mix things up, tr- throw things at the wall, and, and, and see what sticks. And, yeah, can, can Khrushchev mix with a guy you know, a guy who's like a, a facilitator and a finisher like Bedard should be, um, a guy who's been an MVP before in this league like Taylor Hall? If he can mix with those guys, that's yeah. all the better. So why not, remember, why he, not try it?
2: This is a fourth-round pick, right? This is not a guy who's expected to come in and contribute right away or in a year or two yeah. like a first- or a second-round pick might be. He's a fourth-round pick. He might take a little more time to develop and fully realize. Look, no one is saying that Philip Kurashev is going to be the next Yarmir Yager or anything like that, but right. you're talking about a guy who could fit comfortably in your middle six, bottom nine on a contender, right? You take a look at those – we do this all the time. You look at the Hawk-Stanley Cup teams, and you say, could a a further-developed Philip Kurashev have a spot on those teams? Maybe. Could he be Michael for a leak? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I think for I think that's a that's a pretty decent comparison to the kind of player you're gonna get where offense wasn't the only thing he did but there was that versatility with defensive ability uh versatility up and down the lineup and the ability to add a little offense when needed some depth offense that's what kurushchev does 25 points in 70 games last year that's going to go up that's going to go up with more opportunity and, and like you guys said better teammates so yeah. there's n- r- nothing to worry about uh, you know the salary cap thing is what it is but I mean you look at I'm looking right now at the numbers for uh Michael Forleak. Uh points wise 45, 43. Yeah, career high 45 points. And that was his first full year in Florida. Yeah. Yeah. That's I think that is a reasonable way to look at Philip Kurishev. Yeah,
0: if you get 40 points out of Philip Kurishev, that's that's really good.
1: Yeah, 40 points for a guy who could play the wing, play center, play on your first, second or third line, play some penalty kill like for 2.25 million to have a player like that. If he, if he finds some consistency and, and, um, you know, contributes in in those uh, assets of the game, like there's nothing wrong with that. And he's still young. He's what, 23, 24 years old. Like Mm -hmm. he's, he's definitely still got a lot of hockey ahead of him and he's taken some time. He played in Rockford. He's, you know, this is, I think this will be his third full season in the NHL now coming up here. So, um, it's like you said Jay like it'll take some some time for some of these players to to fully reach their potential not everyone is going to be Jonathan Taze, Patrick Kane, you know Connor Bedard right away where they jump in and it's just like all of a sudden you know their immediate contributors contributors at the NHL level it take some time um, so yeah I, I think it's fair for Kershev I'm you know as far as for the player I'm happy that it's closer to, to his number than it is to the Blackhawks number like Get your money. You don't. You don't know how long you're going to play the game at, at the NHL level. So, you know, good for him that the the arbitrator ruled a little bit uh, more in his favor. And if you're upset at the number, uh, and you're blaming Blackhawks management, their number was 1.4 or 1.5 million. So they were trying to go very low on Philip Kurishev. If you're mad at anybody, be mad at the arbitrator. <laughs> Yeah, Who's a third-party person
0: who will never know who it is. That's what we
2: said last week. Phyllis Kurashev. Yeah, Lord right. Creator. Phyllis Shevaker. Sheva- Phyllis Sheva- <laughs> Um
0: And it fits the timeline, too. It is pretty darn obvious that Kyle Davidson, in his internal clock, is set for the 25-26 season to be the season where, let's see what we yeah. really got here. Yeah. And this gives Kurchev two years yeah. to prove if he's going to be part of this long-term or not, especially this year. This year is going to be a big year for him. If he can build off some of those flashes we've seen over the last two seasons to become a consistent player, a top six, middle six guy, probably more middle six than top six. Yeah. But you got two years of this kid to develop and see what happens, and then when you get to the summer 2025, if we still have all these questions about what Philip Kershev could be, you yeah, move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah I I mean, walk away. That's the thing. You, you're not trying to win a Stanley Cup this year. So if he stinks, no big deal. And at least you found out.
2: Yes. And if it's it's different if it's Lucas Reichel who stinks or Frank Nazar who stinks or Kevin Korczynski who stinks. It's a bigger deal yeah. than a fourth round pick. And look, maybe they're looking at this as in two years, Oliver Moore's going to be ready. Frank Nazar is going to be ready. Ryan Green's going to be ready. Fine. Philip Kershaw's filling a spot. We trade his rights at the draft. Right. Or we go to arbitration with him again, which he's eligible for. And if he hasn't panned out, they're not going to reward him a ton of money. Mm-hmm. you know. So there's really nothing to worry about. The Hawks have roughly $13 million in cap space today. That's with Bedard sign, That's with the new Khrushchev deal. Money is not an issue. And so much
0: of that comes off the books again next year. Right. Yes.
2: And everyone's dealing with PTSD from the He-We-Shall-Not-Be-Named era.
1: Is it $8 million and just Felino and Perry that'll come off next year? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, <laughs> like... People still are yeah. are bitching and moaning about the Seth Jones deal and by the time the Seth Jones deal might actually have factors on the salary cap there's not going to be that much of it left.
2: Right. Tyler Johnson's 5 million is off the books next year too. Yeah. yeah. So like There's 13 more million. They're
0: going to have the most salary cap to spend they hit to the floor for the second year in a row next year.
2: All right, let's open up the mailbag, shall we? You know, I think we've know, much deeper made our point clear about Philip Khrushchev. Uh, I can't read that. I will read for one. you from Big Len. Maybe
3: this is a bit esoteric. 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 Interesting. But I'm curious <laughs> what means, made uh, what's food,
1: right? <laughs>
3: <laughs> What made Alec Regula expendable in a trade as opposed to Alex Vlasic? What didn't Regula show? Or maybe the question should be, what did Vlasic show during last year that made the Hawks want to keep him? Or maybe the Bruins really wanted Regula.
0: You might have answered your own question there. That's one of the best
3: questions, I think. That's
0: a a good question since I've been Uh, doing uh, this. The biggest difference between the two, why Regula is uh, expendable and Vlasic at this point isn't, is the size difference. You've got Alex Vlasic, who's just a much bigger guy, but skates very well for a kid of his size and has that reach. That reach is a weapon. Yeah. Yeah. you don't get kids, what is Vlasic, 6'7", six, 6'6", six, 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 220. Six. You don't get 6'6", 220-pound defensemen that can skate Yeah, and very often. So you're definitely going to give him a longer look. Maybe they asked about Vlasic, and they were like, yeah, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vlasic has a much higher NHL ceiling than Alex I think Ritula, so, yeah. it's uh, pretty evident based on how much time each has gotten at the NHL level. I like Alex Regula. Me too. I still think he could be a an NHL 6th seventh defenseman. Yeah. But I think Alex Vlasic could max out at maybe a number 4. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got right Taylor situation. Hall
2: for. I mean, like right. you know, you got to give up something to get something. something right? yeah. And Taylor Hall is going to be a great asset for for Connor Bedard. In his first year, or so yeah. it wasn't just you know. I just think in the in the in the NHL flashes we've seen from Regula and Vlasic, Vlasic looks just kind of better in all categories. You saw, you saw more from Vlasic
1: than you did yeah. Ragula. and that's it, and that's not to say that Ragula played poorly. No, it's just Vlasic I think showed more. Yeah. So, uh,
2: but Regula was a right-handed shot, which mm-hmm. they're they're a little thin on. So I can see why you would say, well, with so many left-handed defensemen coming up, maybe that was a target. But if Boston insisted on Regula, right? Okay. Worth yeah. it to get Taylor and, Hall.
0: And Vlasic had a little bit of uh, success on the power play this year uh, in Rockford. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think b- b- bottom, line, bottom line is Vlasic's floor is probably where Regula's ceiling is.
1: Yeah, I think that's,
2: that's fair to say.
0: And that's why one can be traded and one, as of now, is not traded. Yeah.
2: And uh, Vlasic's almost a full year younger. It's like 10 months younger. Yeah. Not that it's a big deal. S- but splitting hairs, yeah. It's something.
1: Yep. How about uh, Regula and uh, Ian Mitchell? Reunited in Boston, good for them. Good for them. That fun. I hope it works out for both the of them. The Providence Bruins are going to be great.
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> so, on the same token of the Taylor Hall trade, dream NHL
1: line mates for Bedard:
2: <laughs>
1: uh, Connor McDavid and uh, Leon Dreisaitl. Uh, Leon Dreisidel, yeah. Uh,
0: current. Or let's all feed time? that.
1: Let's feed that Edmonton. <laughs> there you go. Edmonton rumors uh, seven years from now. Current no.
0: players, I would probably yeah. Let's put two Connors together and anybody. Right, um, me as a third guy, <laughs> I'll just, <turn laughs> <under my laughs> stick on just stand in front of the net with if your skinny skinnies. Works uh, nice all, all time. Let's get crazy. Let's just let's just do a, a Bedard Gretzky, uh, Labune line. That's too many centers. Yeah, uh, they, they figure it out.
2: Too many guys playing out a position, it would never work. Yeah, that <laughs> would never work. <laughs> <laughs> Can't have three guys take one face off. <laughs> no, that would that'd yeah. be awful. <laughs> How about all time Hawks line mates for no,
1: coming?
0: St- stand by. Me, uh, oh, they're, they're, it's coming. All right, all right. Stand by. Okay,
1: we'll answer
2: that one. All
3: right, if there you could is. pick any pair uh, of wingers yes. in Blackhawks history to play on a line with Bedard, who would they be and why? And also, Jay, have you tried this on NHL 23? <laughs> Probably, right? I'm assuming. Uh, Kyle like Bedard's the...
2: current line mates in NHL 23 are, uh, boy, I've, I've been changing lines lately. Uh, Larmer is the right wing. Zawaski Blender is out. And uh, Taylor Hall is the left wing okay. currently. But that would not be my dream. You said Larmer. Armor. Larmor. Yeah. Larmor would be a good one. Armor would be a good one.
0: Al Secord would look really good yep. on, on Connor Bedard's line too. Give me give me Give Steve. me Larmor
1: or Secord, Bedard, and Ronick. I'll go I'll go Larmor, Bedard, Roenick. Yeah, Ronick in the middle? Sure. Like uh, it's gotta be
0: wingers. That's the question.
2: No, the question is wingers. Well, Ronick can figure it out. <laughs> yeah. I would like to see uh, Connor Bedard with Tony Amonte. Yeah. Amante with that speed. And the ability to finish, like, that guy scored 40 with nobody. Oh, yeah. With no help. I mean, he had Alexei Jamnov, who I actually very much like, was a really good two second line center that could play both ways, but – um, that's not what they thought they were getting, or at least what they said they were getting when they traded Ronick for well, him.
0: That's not what fans were hoping they were getting either. I heard Magic right, Johnson right. on skates from Bob Holford I believe <laughs> was the one who said that. Well, yeah, but he, but Magic, Magic Johnson, Johnson
2: smoked a pack of camels between periods every <laughs> Magic game. Magic Johnson not also usually. had
0: all stars to pass the ball to. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that yeah. made. Yes, it's a lot easier to get assists when you have guys that could score on your lines.
2: Yeah, give me. I'm going to say I'm just uh, controversial, but give me a Monte and, and Prime Patrick Kane.
0: Um Ooh, okay. K- Prime Patrick Kane, Counter Bedard, and... That'd be special. Stan Makita. That'll work, too. There you go. There's plenty um, to
3: choose from. From Geras18, one of our loyal listeners, who would be the one guy you target based on true fit and roster construction in the 24 free agency class? True fit and roster construction.
0: Well, let me bring um, up that free agency class right now.
1: I mean, one, it depends on who actually hits free agency. Uh... But as far as roster construction, fit, where I think he would play, and who he would play with, I just man, I, I know it. I know people don't like the name and don't like the style of play, but I just think William William Nealander would fit this team, fit with Bedard really really well. Like that is an elite level winger who can, who's, has scored 40 goals before, he's got the, the talent in his hands, he's got the vision, he thinks the game similarly to Bedard. Um, I just think it would, it, would, it would fit really well as a top-line right-wing option alongside Bedard. I know the money might be a big big contract in free agency, um, but as we just said, they have a lot of money to spend. Uh, Nylander is pretty much in the prime of his, of his playing career right now. That's a guy that I think if the, if, the, if the Maple Leafs move on from him or for whatever reason he's in that class, I think he's going to be one of those guys that is not necessarily the top free agent in the class, but one of the top that I think Kyle Davidson would be totally fine going after to say, look, we're, we're betting on him being very good for the next six, seven, eight years and ready to be one of the elite go to options for a team that we're
2: hoping contends in the next year to two years. On the same track, uh, the guy I would love to see is Sebastian Ajo from That's Carolina. I was going to say. I, yeah. I mean, he is about the same age as Austin Matthews, slightly older, like yeah. months older than Austin Matthews. Uh, has been through successful playoffs. Hasn't won a cup, but has been through long playoff runs. And is kind of a guy who isn't going to be. You know, the focal point. I don't think he's going to battle with Conor Bedard for the spotlight. Because uh, the Austin Matthews thing, that's the dream, right? But A, I don't think Toronto lets that happen. B, right. you've, unlike the previous GM, you've got to kind of look ahead at what the salary cap's going to bring. So if you're going to sign Austin Matthews to a $13, $13.5 million, eight year contract, it's
1: huge. Before you're giving
2: up in the future. Whereas yeah. you can sign Ajo for maybe 9 10 something like that. Or Nealander. Either way, yeah. maybe it's eleven I at think, that point. But I think out of those two, who's more likely to be available?
1: Because I, because do you think Carolina lets Aho? I don't think hit the he market. Hits,
0: I don't think he does, but but if he does, I mean, yeah. They, how like, how much be, longer is their window crutched. open, though? You know, Carolina. Carolina. Yeah.
1: <coughs> well, they they got Aho. If they keep him around, they got Svechnikov. Um, Tavo. You have Tavo, who's s- still year? yet to hit thirty. Um, years old. You got still pretty good defensive core. You know, you got Slavin. I know they're trying to move Pesci, but, like, I don't know why.
2: Um, Are they trying to they do the to fit Tarasenko? Isn't that the idea? Maybe. Or maybe Carlson. Or Carlson, or Carlson but yeah. I don't know. I, like I don't think,
1: on that. for what
2: Carolina wants to do with their
1: defensive group, wouldn't you think Pesci fits better than Carlson? You'd think? I don't know. you think?
2: Um. Maybe they feel though they need to they also got Seth Jarvis They there just need too. some offense. They yeah. just kind of, you no, know, yeah, the, they're true. trying to they're trying to smother everybody all the time, but at some point you got to put the puck in the net. Yeah. And Carlson will certainly help them do that. It just to me it feels like Carlson's going to Pittsburgh, but Yeah.
0: Why not? I know all those 24 guys, those guys will be free agents next summer. Um maybe. How's on the top of my list. The other guy not mentioned, uh um, Elias Petterson as well. Um with uh, Vancouver yeah. would be fun yeah. uh, at just 25. He's the youngest is he of all those a, Is guys. he a UFA? Uh, yeah, he I would guess. because he... No, well, it says RFA. Right? I'm sorry. Oh, he's, he's RFA. RFA. Okay. List, but still, you
1: know... That, uh, that'd, be, that'd be hard.
0: Yeah, I... That's a
1: lot to give up to, to sign him because you got to imagine...
2: Vancouver yeah, but would at Vancouver's
0: kind of silly, so maybe you can make a trade. Well, if they don't if they <laughs> yes, don't feel yes, like right, they if they don't true. feel like
2: he can get it done, yeah, they can trade the rights. that's right. for uh, Right, sure. maybe
0: he doesn't want to stay there. But what, you know, Canucks fans, I exactly. just exactly oh. I mean, just to piss off Canuck fans, can you even imagine more, we stole their precious Connor Bedard, who was <laughs> never a Canucks. And, and remember, nobody Nec- on to line with Pedersen. Thank you.
2: In the twenty twenty five classes, is Tavares, Marner, Miko Rantanen. Uh, there's a lot of good young players. Uh, Drysital, Drysital. That's, you know, that's yeah. the one that I think. <laughs> yeah. People that's, that's should be
0: get... eyeballing more. Matthews is a pipe dream. I say that the the uh, Matthews becoming a Blackhawk. I know we talk a lot about it here. Most of it's in jest. Yeah, yeah. I think the odds of of, of Austin Matthews being a Chicago Blackhawk this time next year is like under five percent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the, the him being anywhere besides Toronto is probably under fifteen percent.
1: I mean, they they obviously have to make decisions on. Guys, we've named Marner, Matthews, Nylander, and Tavares. I don't imagine it's it's not it can't be financially possible that all four of them stick around. No. I mean, if, so, I'm the, if I'm
0: the Maple Leafs, I'm seeing who wants the last two years of John Tavares's Yeah, because I mean, I know it's the home the homecoming, the great story. He hasn't won him shit. He's the oldest. He's making a lot of money.
1: And it's not that he's played bad. It's no. just it's just not working. You need to change up that that. You think
2: you need to change I up mean, that if group. If I want to
0: keep. Three of those four guys going forward. I'm sorry, John Tavares is the odd man out.
2: Yeah, he's only 32. It's not like he's ancient. No, no, but he's been playing
1: since he's you know yeah 18, 19. So
0: yeah, I hope they all. It's leave. been
1: a while. <laughs> From yeah.
3: Rooney four.
1: What Rooney, will you Rooney. be watching? Bedard's rookie
3: year that will leave you confident that he can stick at center. His faceoff percentage
0: <laughs> and his defense. I mean, <laughs> yeah, so how yeah, he plays defensively. His
1: well, I I I think. We talked, you know, a couple shows ago about what are his offensive projections, and I think, even if he's let's say sub 50% at the faceoff dot, 48, 49, 47%, whatever it might be, if he's putting up, you know, 70, 80 points as a rookie playing center, and he's not a defensive liability, which I don't think is going to be the case, um, I think. You know, if 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 he's putting out that production, you can imagine that he's going to continue to build upon that. And yeah, maybe he's maybe he's not your number one center like Jonathan Tays playing power play and penalty kill and winning fifty eight percent of his face offs. But if he's a number one center offensively and is not a, a defensive liability, there's no reason not to not to have him down the middle. Especially if you can you can figure out who can be some wings around him. Maybe Reichel doesn't stick at center because he can't win a face off or or. His two-way game doesn't hold up at the NHL level consistently. Maybe Reichel's a wing on, Bedard, um, on Bedard's line, long-term. So, I'm, I'm the only thing that I would say is a disqualifier for me is if he's if he is just absolutely garbage at the face-off yeah. to, at the NHL level. Which, again, no, another thing that I don't think is a concern, but we don't know until we see it.
0: Yeah, if he can get if he can finish his rookie season at center against pretty much everybody else's number one centers. So you're talking about your veteran guys. If he could finish a season between 48 47 or 47 48%, that that's a successful season as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I know we, ever, we want everybody to be around 50, but 50 if he or could better, be, if he yeah. could be 47 48 as a rookie f- taking faceoffs against the Sidney Crosby's and the Ryan yeah. O'Reilly's all season, mm-hmm. then that's encouraging. If he's at 35 Forty, Don't. Then it's like, eh, let's, yeah, then, maybe, then it's, let's try then, something different here. Yeah,
1: then we start getting on the, the Kirby dock. Right. Move them, Move them to wing. Train. Two more questions from the Discord portion.
3: Yes. Pleshin 13. Two fun Plessian. ones, I should say. Fun one. Uh, it is, there is a debate between me and some friends. If Bedard was actually an unrestricted free agent, hypothetically, how much money would he command on the open market? Right now? I would assume, but yeah. If he was probably, just
2: an unrestricted free agent today... Yeah, yeah. I mean, there'd be a massive bidding war for him because you're getting all of his year, all of his prime years locked up. Yeah, you know, it, if you, so you'd sign him for an eight-year deal, ten million. I mean, there would be a yeah. there'd be a massive bidding war. I think for there.
1: Him. I think there's enough uh, known qu- quantities about his game that GMs would say, "Yeah, we're gonna make this investment."
2: I mean, look, you had teams losing on purpose just for the chance to get him, right? You know, so yeah, I think there'd be 32 teams interested in Counter Bedard, and it'd be a massive, massive bidding war. Yeah, at least 10 million. Yeah, probably more. Yeah,
0: yeah, I think so. Um, that's why I'm glad that uh, you know the NHL has those standard uh, entry level contracts for everybody. <laughs> it, it saves a lot of GMs um, shooting themselves in the foot. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. how many seller caps get ruined because you offered your top dr- draft pick? so much money and then he never yeah. produces Well,
1: like, and look at look at like the NFL and stuff. They yeah. they had to they had to to put a cap on rookie deals because they were getting ridiculous. Sam yeah. Bradford, what was it? 50 million. Something something like that, like his his total contract right out of out of the draft and Yeah. I think he was the last one to get something like that, right? Well, there's probably a good yeah. reason he was the last yeah. one Probably changed change because of him, yeah. That. Right, yeah.
0: So yeah, it's uh, professional sports general managers are their own worst enemies. Yes.
3: All righty, last Discord question, Alexandre Faripas. Best concert you guys went to? Mine's difficult. My favorite band is Queen. I saw them twice live, best days of my life. Also saw Ozzy Osbourne. It was a dream come true. Those are emotional attachment ones. The recent Ramstein one is that I tagged Jay on Twitter, (laughs) went with the Oh My Captain jersey. Was an effing show, still buzzing (laughs) about it a month
1: later.
2: It's a tough one It's really hard I've been to hundreds of concerts
1: I, I, I know I have not been to as many concerts as you guys So I have, I have two I saw Foo Fighters at Wrigley Field a few summers ago 2018 uh, It was my first time seeing them uh, the, Wrigley as a concert venue is amazing uh, It was a great summer night Like That's one of my core concert memories uh, So that was really cool The other one I was a senior in high school and I can't believe I've been admitting this in public. I was going to see The Fray. I saw The Fray. And, uh for Ben Folds. Their their opener, their opening band was 1,000 miles better than they were. Uh, and it was a band called Mute Math. Have you guys heard of them?
0: No, can't say I have. Yeah, no? no? Lots of shaking heads. Of
1: Mute Math. Look them up. Uh, they're a band from New Orleans. Their live show was so... I, I haven't seen a band live... Uh, that put on a more like energetic, like thirty minutes of music that I've ever seen before. It was awesome. I was loving it.
0: Oh, check that out. You want to take a stab at this too? <laughs> There's just so many. Top um,
2: three, maybe or I
0: mean, one notable ones that stick out. I've I mean, I've seen Pearl Jam literally one hundred times. Uh, 101 and 102 coming up in September. Lucky. Uh, wow. The <laughs> 95 show at Soldier Field always sticks out, but the, I think my favorite Pearl Jam concert was in October 2000. The night before, it was at Allstate Arena. The night before, they had played. Um, the famous Ice Bowl show at Alpine Valley, where it was literally like 26 degrees at showtime, and they like just rushed through this set like their equipment was freezing. Oh, God. So Pearl Jam usually was going to give you a solid three hours, but they just kind of like, we got to get the <laughs> F out of here. So the next night, they played Allstate Arena indoors, and they said, hey, last night, we, we you know, if you were there last night, thank you, we're going to make it up for you, and they played like a 37 song set. Wow. Just kept going and going. And I had fan club tickets that night, and I was like third row dead center. That was one of my favorite shows. Uh, and then I think one, uh, 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 I mean, one of my favorite live acts of all time is Bruce Springsteen. If you've never seen him, you have to see them once, even if you're not the biggest fan of the music. Just the energy at one yeah. of his shows is incredible. I think 2007. Out of the 40 plus Springsteen shows I've been to, I think the my favorite was uh, Harley Davidson Fest in Milwaukee on 2007. Um, or maybe it was 2008. It was the final night of the, the Magic World Tour, so they kind of pulled out all the stops and played a great show, uh, just like in this open field. It was, it was a lot of fun.
2: Uh, two of mine are bands you mentioned. I saw Pearl Jam with My Morning Jacket opening in 2006. That's when I discovered My Morning Jacket. That was an amazing show. One of
0: my favorite live bands of all time, too. Yes.
2: Uh, second song into their set, I went and bought the record at the, <laughs> at the uh, what do you call it, the vending... At the United merch Center, stand. the merch, the merch stand, it's and perch. then uh, I saw Springsteen there, and he performed the album Born to Run, start to finish, and then another two and a half hours of songs. Oh, but I'm going to mention a band that I'm sure no one here has ever heard of. It's a band called Hem. They're from Brooklyn, New York. I saw them at the Old Town School of Folk Music. Oh, nice! And uh, their music is incredibly meaningful to me. And i the only time I got to see them live, and it was like, I don't know, it was it was uh, it was like a dream like experience because uh, it's a band I love, I will always love, I long for them to come back, but they didn't have a ton of commercial success. Mm. Just released some beautiful records. Uh, Rabbit Songs and um, Funnel Cloud are two of their best albums, but- inc- HEM, H E M. yeah, it's just very like folky, kind of orchestral, it's beautiful, it's nice. great stuff. So um, there you go, those are my favorites. Those are the ones that yeah. stand out. I can do a whole week of episodes just on concerts yeah. I've been to. For real. <laughs> That's crazy stories. you've
3: seen Pearl Jam going to be 102 times. That's, Most I of mean, those that's times,
0: awesome. though, was like those tours between uh, 98 and 2006 when I had far fewer responsibilities and a lot more disposable income. Like living at home for a couple of those tours helped. Yeah. It was like a, b- a couple of buddies of mine for... Just jumped in a car and just went and saw like fourteen shows in a row and just disappeared for three weeks and followed them. That that's how a lot of that happened.
2: There's also that age where you are broke so it doesn't matter. It's like I'm broke is broke. Right. Right. Yeah. Like what difference does it make? And tickets (laughs) and and concert
0: tickets weren't four hundred dollars. Right, yeah, right. You can go see seven Pearl Jam shows for the price of one Taylor Swift ticket yeah. today.
1: I saw a, a ticket stub from a, for a concert. I think it was Pearl Jam Nirvana and Red Hot Chili Peppers were playing in 91. 90- January of '91, I think it might have been, like and the $12? the price on the ticket was like $1950. Yeah, yeah. I was That's like, holy shit, r- that is crazy. I mean, would <laughs> say the majority of
0: the Pearl Jam concerts I've been to, the tickets were under forty bucks.
2: Wow. Yeah, and they do their best to keep them cheap too. They do. Yeah. Uh, Josh says he saw Megadeth at the Aragon Brawl Room. Yes, I saw Pantera there. That's awesome. Um, that was a terrifying but awesome experience.
3: Aragorn Brawl Room. The Brawl
2: Room. Yeah. The yes, Brawl Room. That's for, for the game, old sure. school Metalheads. Yeah. Another That's great awesome. show. I, I saw Rancid at the Metro, which was just great. On the Outcome the Wolves tour, uh, unforgettable show. So th- we could do this for hours, so we shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 uh, one more I'll, I'll, I'll say is
1: uh, my I got a bunch of friends that are in a band called Action Adventure. Shout out to them. Um, when they started their being a band and putting out music... One of their first shows was at some, was literally in somebody's garage. uh, And there was like 20 people there in this, like, it was like a South Suburb garage. And uh, now they've, they've been tour, they've been, uh, they've done Riot Fest, they've done, um, uh, they've uh, toured with like Hawthorne Heights and uh, a bunch of other bands from that like early 2000s pop punk. uh, Big fan of Hawthorne Heights. But yeah. Uh, so they've they've been they've been getting banger but yeah, I remember that that band, that show. And my buddy is a, one of the guitarists in it. He at the time was working at Domino's and came from his shift to the show in and played the show in his like Domino's <laughs> outfit, uh, uniform rather. But uh, so yeah, that's one I'll I'll always remember because it was just like I don't, know, I don't think I've ever really been to a show just at someone's garage with like ten other people. This is interesting.
0: <laughs> Reminds me of going to see shows in high school at the Fireside Bowl. Yeah the old bowling alley converted into a punk rock club. That yeah. was a, that was a lot of fun back in the day.
3: Yeah, had to had to be rise against for me. Play 'em at the United Center all the time, local band, saw him at Other the Island it was a great show. That's my favorite one. 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 Um, this is from an email. Please keep my name anonymous. I have a question. Important and hard hitting can you all please categorize the Blackhawks as Barbie or Oppenheimer? We would all be extremely grateful. No <laughs> <laughs> Blackhawks. We go in
2: player by player. <laughs> I got kept oh, friendly open. We can do it real quick. Real yeah, quick. Sure. Uh, Taylor Hall is Barbie. 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 Tyler Johnson is Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. Sure. Uh, Athena Sioux is Barbie. Yep. Felino and Perry, Oppenheimer. Oh, Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer, no doubt. Big J. Dick, Oppenheimer. Yeah. Yep. Khrushchev, ooh. Kershev, I'd go Barbie. He's,
0: I'd go right. Oppenheimer on Khrushchev. He's a Barbenheimer. He's got money
2: now. He's, he's a Barbenheimer. How yeah. about Ryan Donato? Don't know enough about him. I'd go Barbie. Uh, let's say, doubt, let's go say Barbie, Barbie. Yeah. Colin Blackwell would would fall down on his way to the movie theater. And <laughs> I think he'd game. go Barbie. He's Barbie. Yeah. Conor Medard, You would think Barbie, but I'm going to go Oppenheimer with I him. I think he'd go Barbie.
0: I'm going Barbie just because he's a teenager. Yeah.
2: Cole Gutman. Uh.
1: Or Oppenheimer. I don't know why.
0: The Barbie. <laughs>
2: Mackenzie Antwhistle can't get into the movie since he has no parents, so it would have to be Barbie. <laughs> yeah. Probably Barbie. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Boris Kachuk. Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. Yeah. Taylor Radish. Barbie. I say Barbie. I would say Barbie. Seth Jones? Uh, I'm thinking Oppenheimer with him. Probably Oppenheimer. Probably yeah. Oppenheimer, yeah. I a p- Political thriller. I'll probably have some bad takes on it afterwards. Uh, Nikita Zaitsev? Uh, Barbie. Barbie. Connor yeah. Murphy? I'm going Barbie I, with think, he'd go Barbie. I think he'd yeah. go Barbie. Jared Tenorti? Come on. Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. Uh, Peter Mrazek.
1: <laughs> Barbie. Uh, i say Barbie.
2: Yeah. Soderblom. Barbie. Barbie. Uh, how about Lucas Reichel? That's Barbie That's for sure. Barbie, totally, probably Barbie. Yeah. I think we did it. All right, we did yeah, it. Have you guys Barbie. seen Barbie? I saw it last it, night. No, haven't seen either yet. It's really funny. It's a funny. I think it's movie. great. Yeah, I, it's I, I really mean,
3: funny. Seeing
0: Oppenheimer on Tuesday. My, my wife so.
1: is is trying to uh, convince me to rent Barbie and just watch it at home rather than go to the theater.
0: That's probably a good idea. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, listen. I know, like the Oppenheimer people were upset that they had to get released on the same weekend as barbie but it's done nothing but give them yeah, all it's, this it's free fine public. it's given them like free most yep. people who aren't going to who are going to go see barbie aren't going to go see oppenheimer and vice versa i would yeah, think there's a huge crossover you never know though
1: if it wasn't for these two movies coming out at the on the exact same day and like the social media blow up of seeing both of them in the same day because they're polar opposite movies i think you're right i don't think as many people would have gone to barbie to go right. see Oppenheimer and, and, and Vice Versa yeah. so
0: I don't know I'll probably eventually see them both uh I I'm a big history guy so I always get a little weary about the history movies about uh, the inaccuracies that come out. Just yeah, for no one though especially when there's like things that like other subjects that I've actually read up a lot on I'm the kind of guy that yells at the screen like that didn't happen yeah. <laughs> like so oh, I, I, know, ha- actually, I actually actually I, I the movie. had one of those
1: moments the other night um watching a show with my wife. It's, it's set in the, like, it's set at like Y2K, like 99, 2000. And, uh, there's a, a, a scene where someone is, is video recording like a old handheld video recorder in the, in the 1990s. And they're like, we, we isolated the audio on, on this video and this the people that are talking are, like, on the opposite side of the room. I'm like, that would never happen <laughs> with that technology. And I, 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 I totally true.
2: ruined ruined it for my wife. I was that's like, a,
1: that's so wrong.
2: It can impact a movie, I'm telling you. Yeah. Those inaccuracies can can screw it up. You know what won't screw you up?
0: Ooh. Factor meal kits. That's right. No, they won't. And They're good. Uh, the fine folks at Factor have uh, sent us some uh, delicious... Meal kits that uh, we've been enjoying at our household and the smoothies. The smoothies Smoothies are excellent. Are fantastic. And now that we're in the uh, thick of summer, you might be looking for the wholesome, convenient meals to support sunny, active days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit can help you fuel up fast with flavorful and nutritious, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track for reaching all of your goals If you're too busy with your summer plans to cook but want to make sure you're eating well, well, Factor, you could skip the extra trip to the grocery store and the chopping and the prepping and the cleaning up, too, and still get all the flavor and nutritional quality you need. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy, then go back outside and soak up the warm weather. They do make it super easy. They literally show up to your house in a box, cold. Well, the food does, not yes. the people. No, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I didn't read the ingredients that closely. <laughs> I did get the Soylent Green menu option. But you just take them out, you put them in your fridge. When you're ready to eat, throw them in the microwave literally for two minutes. I had the, uh, the garlic, roasted garlic chicken with green beans the other day and mashed potatoes. Sounds good. It was fan fantastic. They have delicious dietitian approved calorie smart meals that are around or less than 550 calories per serving. They have a protein plus meals with 30 grams of protein or more per serving, no matter what your dietary needs are. They've got from keto to calorie smart, vegan plus veggie and protein plus. They're prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians. Each meal has all the ingredients you need to be- feel satisfied all day long while meeting your dietary Goals. So give them a a check out over at Factor this July. Get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door. (coughs) Ready in just two minutes. No prep, no mess. Head to factormeals.com slash chgoblackhawks and use the the code chgoblackhawks to get 50% off. chgoblackhawks50. To get that 50% off So use that Once again, make sure you're using our show Because we're having a little kind of fun yeah, competition right. with this So head over to Factormeals.com Slash CHGO Blackhawks Then use, Pick out the delicious meals you want Then use the promo code Hawks 50 And you'll get 50% off your entire order Of your delicious factor meals And then a couple days later They're there, you're eating, you're happy Life is good
2: they are great, and unlike the other meal kits I've had in the past, I don't have to actually cook them. It's already done. Throw yep. it in a microwave, perforate the uh, the cellophane, and you're good to go in two minutes. Yep. They're really, really Try good stuff. Try the
0: tropical fruit smoothies. Those are my oh, those are my favorite. Great. They're delicious. I, I
2: had one this morning, and another thing I had this morning um, came from Sunnyside, your home for judgment-free cannabis shopping. A place for all kinds of visitors are welcome to explore, discover, and purchase a wide array of high-quality products. Sunnyside has everything you need to elevate your summer. It's your one-stop shop for all your cannabis needs. No matter where you are on your cannabis journey, easy online ordering and in-store pickup are available, and they've got their Sunnyside uh rewards program, the loyalty program. Check that out. You're going to want to check out my favorite brands. Good news, they've got the gummies, the rechargeable vape pens and cartridges perfect for great moments with the crew. Mindy's, the best tasting gummy and chocolate edibles created by James Beard, award-winning chef Mindy Siegel, and Cresco Labs. Just those uh, Blackberry Mindy's are awesome. And the good news, you got the fri and the Counting Sheep. If you have trouble sleeping and you don't want to feel high, if you wake up in the middle of the night, th- those Counting Sheep from Good News are great. Also, the Great Flower from Cresco, High Supply, Floracal Wonder, Remedy, all great brands, all available from our friends at Sunnyside. And through August, head to sunnyside.shop. And use code CHGO25 at checkout for 25% off your total order. One use per customer. Not stackable with other promotions, but it's not only for new customers. Anyone can use that code CHGO25. Pick up everything you need to elevate your summer. Must be 21 plus or an Illinois MedCard holder. Sunnyside.shop, promo code CHGO25. All right, let's get back to our bursting sack-o-mail.
3: Uh, one more thing. Philip in the chat, you guys did mention Joey Anderson. Oh, Barbie
2: or Oppenheimer? Barbie. He's at Barbie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah sure. No he's one who calls Barbie. himself as Joey is, is uh, <laughs> and it's fine. You know, nothing against him. But, you know. Yeah, he's at Barbie.
3: Uh, from CM Seacrest, do you believe they will start hosting the Hawks convention again? With all the excitement surrounding the team and prospects, makes the most sense to get that going again, in his opinion. I mean,
2: now the time.
1: Now would be it,
2: yeah. I mean, they can't do it this summer. there's no time to do that, no, but maybe next summer
1: maybe y- yeah, and and we've we've talked about this before the The convention is i think it's it's a great outlet for fans to have you know access to to the team and to players that they don't usually get um It's a great way for fans to come together the you know community of the Blackhawks uh i think is 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 great. Um, but I think one of the, the big kind of sticking points that we've talked about is kind of how do you how do you have the convention without honoring and bringing back a lot of the players from the, the cup era teams, one of them being 2010 and, you know, having to having to deal with that. But I think uh, the convention coming back should happen. I think, like you said, next year makes a lot of sense. We'll see if they do it or something like it. Like not, maybe not necessarily the exact blueprint of what the convention was, but something like it, like yeah, a fan fest of some sort. You could do sort. a
0: fan fest at the United Center, maybe, you know. Yeah, over for a, training
2: camp or whatever. Yeah, or yeah. a preseason game or whatever.
0: Like like the Bulls had that big thing uh, last yeah. summer. It was like
1: a Bulls block party yeah, thing. You yeah, you could do
0: something like that. You've got the, those parking lots at the United Center you could use. You could use the, the, the concourse in the United Center for like autographs and meet and greets and do some fun events on the outside and make it make it a <coughs> make it a, like a free event for everybody to go. Yeah. to. If you don't want to do the big, you know, <coughs> excuse me, weekend long uh, convention. Yeah, I think
2: I, the, the 2010 thing is a factor. I mean, if they're going to open up forums and they are going to have fan questions, fans are going to ask the questions. But guess what? Like. <laughs> You're in action at that time opens you up for that criticism forever. Yeah. Right, sorry. Right. It is what it is. And I know most of the people involved are not here anymore. Actually, aside from Rocky Wertz, there's no one left.
1: Well, yeah. Brian
2: Campbell is still on the staff. Campbell, yeah. But th- that's it. So, I mean, it, and I, th- I think if, fans have the right to ask about that. And I think if as, any of those guys are on the dais.
1: And I think as more time passes, the, I think there will be uh, less – of that as time goes on and as people are further removed from it. Um, So maybe that is a consideration of like, not that they just say, oh, people will just forget over time. But I think as it has been addressed, as it can continues to be, um, you know, kind of addressed in the background of, of, of what the Blackhawks try and do with community building um, with those different initiatives that they've, they've tried to enact and be more, Involved in, you know, over the last two years now it's been. um, I think that can help the team and the organization build up some some better will with some of the fan base that was, you know, separated from the team because of all that. So,
0: yeah, and I think the majority of the people that are going to spend the money to be at the fan convention and the, you know, be at these panels and wait in line and all this stuff are not the type of fans that are, are angry about these things and are still wanting to know things. So you may not get a lot of that, but you, you might get yeah. some. But, again, as you said, it comes with the territory. You open yourself up. If you're going to do the full experience, you got to take you know the uncomfortable with the comfortable.
2: Right.
3: Uh, from our guy, Windy City Hockey, who also would like to see the convention come back. Since arbitration's hearing can get heated and cause damage relationships... Do You think Philip Kuroshev's arbitration hearing could have damaged his and the Blackhawks relationship?
0: I doubt it. I don't it. think no, so.
3: I
1: think
2: it's it's just business.
1: Yeah. They weren't they weren't too far off and I think the arbitrator sided closer to Kuroshev's number than the Blackhawks. So if anything, he probably felt, you know, maybe a little bit justified in, in his case to the arbitrator compared to the Blackhawks. So yeah, I, I don't think there's any reason to think that you know, relationships have soured or
2: anything like that. When Davidson said it after the, uh, during development camp, like said, it's good business for Khrushchev to do this. Like it makes sense for him to go out and try it. There's no, no hard feelings at all. It's part of the business. And that's, you don't want your GM acting emotionally this way. You know, like should, would Philip Khrushchev be mad at him if he gets a million dollars less than he wanted? You know, like it's, it is business. And both both teams are, both sides are trying to do its best for their respective side. Right. So Kershaw wanted more money. The Hawks didn't want to. They went to arbitration. Okay. It's done. I think, I think yeah. what's
0: done is done. These guys, they, they just want to play hockey. Yeah. When you talk to them, most, when you talk to the majority of these guys about contracts and, and trades and stuff, they always say, that's my agent's job. The agent yeah, They right. just let their agent. So maybe there will be ill feelings between his agent and the Blackhawks. Players play. Man. They, their, their agent comes and says, okay, here's the deal I got for you. Cool. Where do I sign? Right, like most right. of these guys don't, don't get into that heated argument that they just talk through their agents. They just want to play hockey. That's it. Very simple. From
3: Anthony Areth, are NCAA players becoming more valuable to NHL teams? It seems the Hawks have a lot more NCAA prospects than I can remember, which I do like, in parentheses, Green, Nazar, Moore, Renzel, Comesso, etc. I know I left out a ton more. Does this signal a shift in Blackhawks thinking, or is it an NHL thing? It's it's an NCAA
1: thing, really. Um, as as years have gone on, uh, the the NCAA and and going that route is becoming more of a viable option for these for these players, um, rather than maybe playing in Canadian juniors or, um, or or we've seen some European prospects come over and play in college and, and have success. So. I just think the the NCAA game, the the programs that are have built up, you know, near NHL caliber, you know, facilities and and training regiments, and and the way that you know college goes about their season and their scheduling compared to Canadian juniors, and we've talked to Colby Cohen about this a number of times. Um, you get a lot more practice time in college. You get a lot more. Um, you know, pinpointed development opportunities. Uh, you know, your games are mostly Thursday, Friday, Saturdays. Um, so you have a lot more time in the gym, a lot more, you know, recovery time between games. Whereas in in the Canadian juniors, you, you follow basically a professional schedule where you're playing, you know, three, three or four games a week and you have, you have some practice times and, uh, but, but besides that, your time is kind of your own. Whereas in college, you're, you're a little bit more structured. So I think it's just it's just uh, the NCAA path is becoming a lot more viable for players, and I think we're seeing a lot of young players come out of college maybe a little bit more ready to make that jump to to the professional game than going through juniors.
0: Yeah, it's become better, and the NCAA as a whole has become better. You know, you're getting a lot of guys from Canada that now go to college route. Um, the competition has been better. Before, NCAA was like five teams, and the yeah. rest was kind of – Eh, but you
1: look at Arizona you, State, yeah.
0: Universities are making the investment into the hockey programs, and it's becoming a bigger feeder to the NHL than it ever has been in the past. You know, the NCAA was kind of like an afterthought for, for uh, hockey prospects, yeah. And now teams are like, I could draft a guy, and he can go play essentially, you know, close to AHL hockey for two or three years, I don't have to have him under contract, yeah. He's gonna get the development. He's gonna get the weight room. He's gonna get the the diet needs. He's, you know, God forbid there's an injury. He's gonna get taken care of there as well. Right. And I don't have to have him under contract for three to four years if yeah. I don't have
2: to. So just the resources are so are so great now. Yeah. Especially yeah.
0: when you're at one of these top 20, top 30 programs, and there's so many more uh, elite programs than there used to be. Um, the, the way college hockey has grown over the last 20 years has been remarkable. Um, to the point where it was like, you know, you, it was unheard of to have NCAA players as first round draft picks. Right. Uh, and it was you, it was rare cases. Yeah. yeah, and if it was, it was like you know this, this, this like a Paul Correa was like one of the last big like true prospects that came out of the NCAAs that everybody had heard of. Right. And now you got guys like Kale McCarr, Car Go,
2: Eichel, Tays came out of college. Yeah, yeah. it yeah. feels like, it did, and maybe it, just it grew. Could just be me, but it feels like Taves was one of the first ones like to really start that revolution. Where college – like, Korea, of course, was years, years, years Parisa before him. was but a it, couple
0: of years ahead of Taves. Yeah, at, at UNG, but it started but, yeah. to become
2: more of a regular thing around that time. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, as, as you guys said, like, the development of
0: college hockey on its own plus the resources yeah. the players and get there. And if, if you're a Canadian kid and you're, you're a really good player, you go play in the OHL – Do you want to be a second, third-line player on a really deep OHL team, or do you want to be Adam Fantilli and be the the guy at the University of Michigan? Right, right. I think you'd rather be Adam Fantilli.
3: Seems easy, easy to me. From Nate Iverson, what's something you'd like to see from the Ice Hogs as a team this season? Also, would love to see you guys do a podcast from a game
1: this year.
0: That'd be fun. That would be fun. I like that that idea. love that. Yep. Yeah. We we'll have to check the schedule. They're doing a lot of
1: renovations over there, so maybe they'll. Yeah, maybe maybe they they're f- making a podcast space. There you maybe. go. They fun. got
0: Wi-Fi there now. That's, hey, that, that helps. That would was that a no big wifi. help. Yes. We know
1: from our experience at Bridgestone how much Wi-Fi yes. needs Good to be rewarded. Um,
0: I would love to do a podcast from that little lobby area at uh, the BMO. Maybe we yeah. check the Hawks' bye week this year. Maybe we can make something happen. That sounds great. As far as what I want to see out of the Ice Hogs. <laughs> a deep playoff run. Yeah. I would like to see more than just five playoff games this season. Let's get to a Western Conference final. Let's get to Something. a Calder yeah. Cup final. Let's win a, bu- a couple of series, play 15, 16 playoff games. That would be huge for some of those young playoff uh, prospects that are going to be down there this year.
2: Yeah, and, and just development too. Like I want to see Del Mastro and Allen and, and all those guys that are going to be at the AHL level next year grow even more, become guys that can log big minutes. And like you said, those long playoff runs are super, super valuable. And I wonder, like, how does this year's talent compare to last year's? Reichel will be gone, but otherwise, like, the D is going to get better with DelMastro and yeah. Allen arriving and, you know. I,
1: I think you lose Reichel, but you bring in Colton Doc, Nolan Allen. Camesso. um Drew Camesso, Ethan DelMastro, J- Jalen Lipin, Ryder Olston, like, you have a lot of those guys that are a little bit more up the up the ladder, come coming into uh, coming into play, um, and yeah, you're gonna have you're gonna have some some guys fall down from the NHL lineup last year to to, to nec- next year and be in Rockford. A guy like Joey Anderson might be in Rockford. Um, Cole who knows Cole Gutman might be in Rockford if uh, if he doesn't make the yeah, McKenzie you know.
0: and Whistle Reese Johnson. Yeah,
1: these are those are guys that might uh, might be sent down because of the. The more talented NHL roster that's, that's coming up. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how those young guys develop. Um, I, I agree with, with both of your guys' statements. So the development of the young guys, a uh, sustained playoff run would be great. Um, I know it's not going to happen, but I'd also like to see Fat Hammy
0: come back. That, yeah. Um, yeah. Buff buff Insulting. Lean
1: Buff Hammy is still weird to me. It's I, not great. Yeah. Not a fan.
0: No, it's scary. Like, it's just, it lo- It looks unnatural. Yeah, I want Fat, fat. Hammy, yeah. You
1: can, you can have them both. Bring, you just you don't have to get rid of the lean, buff, in-shape Hammy, but bring Fat Hammy back, too. Yeah.
0: Just say,
2: I'm, oh, I'm he was. It. Yeah, you have Benny the Bull and Double. Yeah, right. You can have two. You can I two. Yeah. Of
0: them. Um, then the Ice Hogs still have guys like Luke Philp and Brent Sini and David Gust, those veterans. I yep. like to see uh, Auntie Sorella stick with the Ice Hogs this year. Play in, play in North America. So and Marcel, Marcel. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Could be fun. Um, you know, plenty you've of, got more. Plenty of people to care about. Last year, they went the veteran route. Yeah. They loaded up with these AHL guys and they, they fell short. A lot of that had to do with, a lot of those guys had to come up and spend chunks of time in the NHL, yeah. which was not part of the plan. So hopefully this year, the NHL roster is deeper, so you're not going to have to rely on calling some of those guys up. Uh, only when you get, you know, rash of injuries. So they've got more guys in Rockford that matter to the Blackhawks future this year than they probably ever had since yeah. becoming uh, the Blackhawks affiliate. And, they're, and that's only mm-hmm. going to continue over the next three or four seasons.
2: Let's yep. try to squeeze in two more before we wrap up. If we didn't get to your question today, we will get to it tomorrow. We had a ton of yeah, questions this week. This is so a part one, part two For the situation. off season, we just kind of got to get in the habit of planning on <laughs> a, a
0: show and a half of mailbag questions. Yeah, you are about halfway through now. So great. Hit the that's, halfway that's, part That's today. great. I love when we don't have to do any kind of programming <laughs> stuff. Let you guys decide what we talk about. Yeah. Let's
3: do
2: two more here and then we'll so, wrap things up.
3: So, from Andrew Nieve, do you see any players that might surprise the team in training camp and get an opening night spot? Opening night spot, excuse me.
0: Connor Berdard.
1: G-
3: yeah. <laughs> if he makes it, the There's team. a
1: big question if he'll make the team. Um, I'm going to say, for the, for the sake of the question, Nolan Allen.
0: Okay. That would that be, be a surprise. That would be a surprise.
3: Yeah, we got a fourth uh, guest up there if you're on the YouTube chat. Somebody's walking <laughs> around on like the roof. a woman
2: walking around on the <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. She's yeah,
0: enjoying I don't the know, nice right. hot coffee. Hopefully, it's not Start
2: women for our YouTube rights. Don't,
0: don't, don't jump. <laughs>
2: um, <laughs> I think
3: that's her home. I think
0: we're good. I hope it's so. her home. I think somebody the lives there. The roof is where she is. Hi. Yeah. Hello. We're going to have to start charging her sponsorship fee. What was <laughs> the question again? Who's going to surprise? Who's going to surprise you
1: and make the opening night roster?
0: It's a tough question because there's going to be some competition this year. Yeah. Like, would Reese Johnson be considered a surprise? Would no. Would Mackenzie Entwistle be considered a surprise? Considering that. I'd say no. Uh, but, I okay, so I'll do, I'll say Wyatt Kaiser would be kind of a surprise. Okay. I agree. Like, that would be a surprise yeah, guy if he, if he makes it. Because I, I think he's going to get the Vlasic treatment and get the majority of the year in Rockford. But, you know, he may tell, he may dictate otherwise yeah I'm gonna say Colton Dock I don't really know why <laughs> but if he has a strong
2: preseason they get some, it seems like a guy who could play in the bottom six add some scoring punch yeah I don't know it's kind of early to say you know if we were underway with some play out with some preseason games maybe it'd be easier to predict but sure I'll go with Colton Dock why not solid seems like a guy mature beyond his years
3: all right from Eric what teams do you think are on the same competitive trajectory? As our Hawks. It seems to me that when the Hawks are competing again, we'll have to be worried about the Ducks, Coyotes in the West, and then the no, Devils, have to worry about the uh, Buffalo, and <laughs> Blue Jackets. The road runs Ash through jackets. the Central feels pretty easy.
0: Buffalo, no New Jersey. No one will ever be worried about the Coyotes. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They're going to sh-
0: find a way to Coyote it up. Yeah.
2: Coyote ugly, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think you maybe throw Philly in that list or a team that's rebuilding. Watch out Sam for Sam yeah, but what's their, Watch
0: out for the sharks in three or four yeah. years. Sh- yeah,
1: sharks. Anaheim has got to eventually be good, right? You'd think You'd theoretically. Think, um, I think yeah, I think New Jersey, Buffalo, those are good ones to worry Detroit. about. Detroit might figure it yeah. out. Um, and yeah, I, I Montreal's mean, gonna be good. In I, the don't East two years? Yeah, Montreal, I don't think, think there's yeah, Montreal. I don't think there's any it. reason to doubt Colorado in the next three, four years is gonna fall off a cliff. Um, they might not be the same, but I don't think they're gonna be uh worrying about, you know, rebuilding or anything like that. Um Vegas might still continue to piecemeal their way to Stanley Cup contention. Yeah. King should be good for a while. Winnipeg's going through a, a facelift, so that'll be interesting. Minnesota always seems to hang
0: around and Yeah. Just be annoying, be mid. Uh, I I do I do think uh got a party going on back there or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think that that three-day trip through uh, California is going to get a lot tougher over the next yeah, couple yeah, of seasons. For sure. There's going to be some good some good hockey getting played out in California. In it's the, funny. In the it's US a lot scramble. of the
2: same teams that they were competing against in the last yeah, L.A., San Jose, Anaheim. Anaheim yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. Not Vancouver, though. No,
1: I don't think we need to. <laughs> What's a team you don't have to worry about? That's yeah, Nashville. <laughs> the, yeah. Asheville. Well, hey, they're changing their culture there.
3: Yeah. Oh, you want
2: to do one more before we wrap things up? Sure. All right, let's do one we more. We can pull, uh, pull one more.
3: Yeah, this was a good one, I thought. Do you think Nazar being hurt from the majority last year simply adds to a year uh, to his projected timeline, or do you think it stays the same as it was from Showtime?
2: I think it depends on how this year goes. Yeah. yeah. If think, he lights things up at Michigan, I, think I don't his, think it sets him back at I all. think
1: his timeline was probably always at least two years. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, if he, if he does what I think we all hope and expect him to do this year at Michigan – um I think there'd be no concern that he's not uh, not ready to jump professionally
0: yeah <laughs> yep i i agree I think two years was the plan f- from day one, and if it has to be a third year has, it has to be a third year yeah there's no there's no rush no nope. i Spe- agree speaking
1: of rush uh if you want <laughs> if you want to get your uh your basement or your home office or your actual at work office or your man cave or your she shed looking good, you can rush on over to FOCO.com. Our friends at FOCO have the best gear around so you can get fitted out in hoodies, shoes. You can put up some signs and some bobbleheads and everything in between with your favorite team. Uh, if, if, if they FOCO can slap a logo on a bobblehead or on a sign or on a pennant or something, they'll put it out there and you can go and get it. It's baseball season. The Aloha shirts, the straw hats—you can get uh, wear some of those out at Wrigley or out at Guaranteed Rate. You got polos, bags for tailgates, everything that you need. You can take a look around our set. A lot of the great stuff that we have here as set decorations came from Foco, uh, and I think it looks great, and it can look great in your home too. So go to Foco.com, check or check the link in the description below, and use the promo code CHGO, and for all non-presale items. With that promo code CHGO, you are going to get 10% off your order. Again, that's foco.com, F-O-C-O.com.
0: If you want the perfect accessory for that spiffy-looking spurch you got from Foco, Mm -hmm. (coughs) that's when you call up on our friends at Shady Rays. They have you covered from the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at a very affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product. That's just as good, but I say even better than any expensive pair we've ever worn here at CHEO. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for all your outdoor summertime adventures. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection of all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair or drop them in a lake like Mario does every year, even on day one, they told us <laughs> they will send you a brand new pair. Thankfully, Mario found his, so you yeah. didn't have to put this into action. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence. Because they have your back long after you purchase. Together with their customers, Shady Rays is providing much needed support to nonprofit partners across the U.S. through Shady Rays Impact. From building play sets for pediatric cancer patients to providing young adults with MS, the outdoor adventure of a lifetime, Shady Rays is making an impact in your community and others like it now and for years to come. And if you don't love your Shady Rays, But you're going to, trust me on that. You can exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's absolutely no risk when you shop. And exclusively for our listeners, you beautiful folks out there in podcast land, Shady Rays is giving you their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com, use the promo code CHGO, and you're going to get 50% off two or more pairs of their great sunglasses rated five stars by over 250,000 people. All right, that's going to do it for this
2: episode of the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. Smash that like button for us on your way out. We've got under 50 likes. That's not I know it's hot. I know it's humid, but, man, smash that like button for us. That's very, very helpful. Make Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube page as well. And uh, we'll be back with you tomorrow at 2. little programming note. Wednesday, the show is at 1 p.m. For your planning purposes, 1 p.m. on Wednesday. So just mark that in your calendar
1: now. Thursday, we will be at the... uh, the, the National Card Collection Convention yes,
0: happening in, in Rosemont. Rosemont. That yes. should be a good time, all too. The, all of the shows will be broadcasting live from there. Yeah. It's going to so, be a uh, come big, check us big out fun Rosemont. day.
1: Maybe we'll get some uh, card collecting
2: content on
1: that yeah. show.
0: Buy a, some packs of old hockey cards and open them on the air. There, there you go. go.
2: That is the National Sports Collectors Convention. There you go. And Rosemont uh, will be there. All of CHGO will be there on Thursday. So if you're there, come say hello, come wave, say hi, give us a hug, all that great stuff. We could take home a cool piece of memorabilia. We'll yeah. see what's around. Anyway, we'll Should talk to you uh, trading tomorrow at 2, Wednesday at 1, and we'll see you Thursday in Rosemont on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.